no, Dad. What about you? <laughs> that was fantastic. Like, what, what, what are you gonna do with Nick Cage in this movie? It makes no sense. It's yeah, I don't. Yeah. You are a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Today we're talking... What is that noise in the background? Hey! 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 Like that? That was a nice uh, little talking intro about the there. Club. I, I, I thought you, yes. you had me going for a second. I was like, oh shit, what's going on in your apartment? <laughs> yes, we have The Breakfast Club on Butterless Popcorn today. Maybe the quintessential movie of the 1980s. One of them. Probably one of the five most popular movies from the 80s. What do you think, Adam? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I don't think you can talk 1980s without Breakfast Club. You can't talk 1980s without John Hughes. Let's just get to it. I mean... Absolutely not. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about it, I, I'm guessing, quite a bit, especially when we get to Legacy and uh, you know other parts of the pod. But John Hughes, what a, he's on a roll. I mean, he, so he had 16 Candles then breakfast club and then ferris bueller but this is this is the john hughes era right now and it's a it's an absolute masterpiece yeah and it's uh one of the i know we've you know we love talking about high school movies we've done a few of them on the pod this is also you know famously one of the best high school movies ever made um maybe the best high school movie ever made i don't know that's 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 a, a debate that'll you'll hear many answers for but Breakfast Club, released in 1985. Um, amazingly, I, did, I had no idea that I, this was only a $1 million budget. I didn't know that yeah. before reading this. It makes sense because they were, just did it in one location. Mm-hmm. Uh, made 50, almost $52 million. A wonderful job at the box office. Um, but this movie just kind of, you know, no, this is one of those movies no one really cares about how it performed at the box office because it left such a cultural impact, um, you know, especially with people who grew up in the 1980s. And now it's a movie that all teenagers watch it and it resonates with. I mean, I I pr- think I saw this movie. I remember I I don't remember when I first saw it, but I had the DVD mm-hmm. and I it's one of those movies that I probably watched at least at least like 15 to 20 times between the ages of like 14 and 18 or like 14 and 17. Yeah. Some of that range. It, it's yeah. so easy to watch too. I mean, it's so, and it's a, it's a crisp 96 minutes, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I think this is like part of the sociopath test. Like if you watch this movie and you don't <laughs> feel anything, you're a sociopath. You have to be like, you got to feel something here. I mean, the, the nostalgia in there, the you know the coming of age nature everyone went through something similar to what these five students are going through at some point right like you got to feel that absolutely um it's so it's interesting because i you know i just said to you before we started uh recording like it had probably been at close to a decade before i actually before i had watched this movie all the way through or since i had watched this movie all the way through and it's a lot. I I thought it was great. Like I, this movie is awesome. I love this movie. Um, and I don't know. I think I feel like this is a. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but it's a lot less funny than what I remembered it being. Really, like I, I had the exact I, opposite feeling. 
Oh shit! Really? There, there okay. There were some one-liners right, in good. there, and I was like, "This is this is funny." <laughs> I mean, no, it's a funny movie. But take out Brian, take out Anthony Michael Hall, and it goes from like a six, a six or seven funny to like a two. I feel like Brian is like the lone comedic presence to to break up some of the intensity. I think that's fair. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. He, it, it, when we go through our quotes. Yeah, I have a lot of Brian quotes. Yeah, you're gonna. Those, yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think Bender, um, you know, John Bender's character is played by Judd Nelson. It, there's a little bit of like uh, sarcastic wit in there. Yeah. Um, like douchebaggery, as I'll call it, which is which is good, especially towards Vernon, which is which is fantastic. But yeah, I, that's a fair point. Everyone else, like Emilio Estevez. Um, Molly Ringwald, Ellie Sheedy, like they're all kind of, um, you know, a bit dry and not a, not a ton of comedy in there. Yeah. I mean, their characters are just more serious Mm -hmm. and Brian being the, I guess the nerdier character, he's the more lighthearted one. Uh, he's tries to be the the peacemaker or the peacekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There those there's just moments for me to be funnier. But anyway, I still think this movie's amazing. Uh unlike a lot of high school movies from the 80s, uh you know, those are like strictly to make you laugh. Yeah. This movie makes you makes you think a lot too. And it, and it and it has a lot of emotional moments. It's just really like full of empathy and for for us in the audience and then for the characters themselves. The whole movie's about them learning to empathize with each other and realizing that they aren't so different after all. Um, so it's, it's a little deeper than like, you know, we did fast times on this pod and, you know, Ferris Bueller has its own meaning too, but a little deeper than that too, I'd say. Yeah, it does. And you can see the, the arc that each character really goes through and it really all comes together in one scene in particular. And I know we'll get to that um, actually pretty shortly here, but you know, I think in terms of the acting here, it's it's solid. You know, I don't I don't think it's like incredible. Um, I don't think anyone did a bad job by by any means. Um, but you know, we'll we'll go through the casting here. I just kind of rattled them off, but like Molly Ringwald, who just came fresh off Sixteen Candles, along with Anthony Michael Hall, um, also fresh off Sixteen Candles. So, and that was a year before this, by the way. So. Yeah. Um, no lash between the vag for uh, for John Hughes here. Um, no lag time between the joints. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're they're both there. Um, you know, Emilio Estevez, which we said, um, which actually, now that we're talking about it, just a couple casting notes because I think it's really interesting on who wasn't in this movie but could have been in yeah. this movie. Um, a couple other people were were in the running for. Uh, John Bender, one of which was John Cusack, who I know you're a huge fan of. I do like John Cusack quite a bit. Um, the other, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> of course. Um, this wouldn't be a butterless popcorn episode if we didn't I, say that Nicholas, either Nicolas Cage or Jim Carrey was somehow in the running for, for a role. I don't know how, like, just, no, Dad, what about you? <laughs> That was fantastic. What are you going to do with Nick Cage in this movie? It makes no sense. It's Yeah, I don't know. You are a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know my friends. Don't dare talk about my friends. You wouldn't condescend. (laughs) Yeah, 
Oh, that is so good. Um, which is funny, actually. So speaking of that, on the other side, Molly Ringwald, um, who was originally cast to be um, Allison, which yeah. she doesn't have any any. She doesn't speak until like thirty three minutes into the film. That's that's absurd, and that's actually also awesome too. <laughs> yeah. her, and like her presence is felt the whole time, and she has zero dialogue for that first half hour, which is amazing. Yeah, it's nuts. And and Ringwald was like, "Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I, I want kind of a little bit more." I mean, she's she's coming off her yeah. hot performance, right? So right. Um, but she was competing with Robin Wright, Jodie Foster, Laura Dern. I mean, these are these are big time names here. Uh, which yeah. which she beat out to be Claire. I mean, I, John Hughes kind of she she had John Hughes in her corner, but still that was huge. Yeah, I would say at, at the time probably Molly Ringwald was the was the the big ticket cast member here. Yep. Um, and and as you said, Anthony Michael Hall just came off of Sixteen Candles with her, and I know Anthony Michael Hall and John Hughes collab in weird science also in 1985. I think that was obviously later in the year. Cause this was February, but all these people, John Hughes just loved dabbling into these, into these cast members too. I know, uh, John, uh, Capelos who plays, um, Carl, I think he was also in 16 candles for as like a brief character. Okay. You know, later in the year, uh, not directed by John Hughes, but like St. Elmo's Fire, you had Judd Nelson, and then you had Emilio Estevez and Ali Sheedy in there too. So all these people just kind of worked together. It was just like that brief period of time where it felt like, you know, they were friends on screen and they were friends off screen and they worked together. I just, yeah. I don't know, really cool. This is why it's the Brat Pack. That's what they were coined the as. Brat Pack. There is, there so. is one f- interesting note though, is apparently uh, Judd Nelson stayed in character a bit too long off off the yeah. set and was just like an absolute dick to Molly Ringwald. What a douche. And uh, Hughes was like going to fire him. And then uh, I, somehow the, the band came together and was like, all right, let's, I mean, he's good. We'll, we'll keep him. But we used to do the, you know, who was the worst to work with category. Uh, I think easily Nelson Easy. wins. Yeah. Easily. Um, so in typical John Hughes fashion, this movie takes place in the Chicagoland area. Um, and so this takes place in at Shermer High School, which does not exist. Uh, that is not a thing. I don't even think Shermer, Illinois, is a is a city. No, it's a fake suburb. I know there's suburb. Shermer Road. Yeah, yeah, it's a fake suburb. So filming took place at Maine North High School, which was a high school in Des Plaines that closed in 1981. Um, and then actually, kind of funny. So they were filming The Breakfast Club uh, at kind of simultaneously with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I think I'm trying to picture. I think it's like, do you remember the scene in Ferris Bueller when Rooney is running down the hallway, but then when he passes the doors, he walks. So they like don't see him running through the doors. Same hallway. I think that hallway and then like the hallway when they're in the breakfast club, when they're running to beat Vernon back to the library. I think that's the same hallway. Yeah, I think so too. That's a, that's a really good catch. I didn't think of that. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of the similarities there in terms of the high school and John Hughes, I believe, went to Glenbrook North High School in real life. So he tried to uh, emulate like a lot of that interior. Um, very cool though, but kind of funny though. Even though filming took place at Maine North High School, the library at Maine North was considered too small, so they actually built the library set in the school's gym. <laughs> so. 
kind of it's kind of funny there that it didn't even film in the library. It's a cool looking library. It, it kind of looks like it, I always kind of pictured the library from Meridian Middle School that we went to, almost kind of looking like the Breakfast Club library. Does that ring a bell oh, to you at all? Because there's like two levels. <laughs> like there's that like there's it's the mezzanine like the two, yeah. like up there. Yes, Ooh. that's why. Yeah. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, it's an awesome library. It's a top. It's a top five library in the state. It's got to be Meridian. You're saying? No, no, no. no <laughs> or, this fake one. Oh, <laughs> this this made North Library. I mean, Meridian well, was solid one. though. <laughs> yes, the the fake library. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just. I don't know. This movie is. It gives the feels still all this time later, and uh, even as an adult, no longer in high school watching it anymore, um, still super relatable, as you said, full of nostalgia, comedy, drama. It, it, it's, it's got a lot, and uh, it you know kind of jolted careers of some of these people, even though none of them, I would say, besides, obviously, um, John Hughes, this was one of his earlier works and had an insanely successful career. None of these people besides, and even Molly Ringwald became like massive, massive superstars. And we'll talk about that later down. But um, mm-hmm. for this brief period of time in the 80s, uh, the Brat Pack, they were they were on top of the world. They were absolutely kings and queens. The last thing I do want to add, just talk about how powerful uh, some, of these, some of these actors and actresses were, is that... Uh, I think Anthony Michael Hall kind of sticks out. He was he was like really hot at the time. Um, mm-hmm. His his mother and his sister were actually in the film as well, um, in the car dropping him off. And then that's so funny. Um, who else was that? There's another cameo. I think John Hughes actually made a cameo. John Hughes. John yeah. Hughes. John Hughes plays his plays Brian's dad yeah, when he right. picks him up. So yeah. um, you know, just kind of goes to show again. It's like Hughes has this ability to to put these. The, this Brad Pack like on a pedestal, but also he he loves the like, um, like legitimacy and like the 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 like real interactions between people, even if they're subtle, like like what we just mentioned. But Hughes capitalizes it really well. So uh, excited to dig into that more. Yeah, absolutely. I got nothing else to add here, Adam. Shall we dive into the categories for the Breakfast Club? Let's dive in. All right. Adam, favorite scene in The Breakfast Club? I got a handful, so give me yours first. Love the opening montage. The essay is being read in the background by Brian, and um, everyone's just kind of showing up to detention. Um, it's it's good because I, I like when an opening scene, you're kind of wondering what's going on. Um, and the title of the movie, you know, you wouldn't know what's necessarily going on. Um, but it's, it's got like just enough in there to where you're like piecing it together. So I really like that. There's also another montage actually, which I'm a sucker for, but, um, everyone's kind of doing their weird thing at some point. So this is when they're just starting to try to get comfortable in detention. So, um, you know, Allison's putting that, uh, dandruff on the on the paper yeah. which is actually parmesan was, cheese parmesan. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes, funny. nice nice is that when brian like gets a boner too or he's like <laughs> yeah. sitting there and he's like yeah <laughs> that's, that's hilarious um oh and then uh 
what's it, Andy flicks the paper football thing. He, that's the that's the scene we used to pause. Yeah, at, he yeah. makes that face. Um, so it's just it's just a fun time. You could just see the eclectic like group of people here, and none of yeah. them really fit in. So it sets the stage there. Um, the whistling scene. It's very short, but they start whistling all together. It's kind of out of nowhere, and it's like it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they all join together for the first time and you're like, okay, a little bit of camaraderie here. This is fun. I like where yeah. this is going. Lunch. Everyone's yes, got their own fucking great. lunch and the judgment that everyone has on one another is, is insane. You've got Claire eating her sushi. <laughs> sushi. <Yeah. laughs> has... You'll put a guy's tongue. You won't allow a guy's tongue in your mouth, but you'll eat that. Yeah. yeah he's, he can't, he can't understand it. You've got, um, well, Andy's just got like 10 Everything. sandwiches, yeah. a whole bag of chips. Um, <laughs> Brian's eating, what is it? Oh, he's got all, all major food groups are represented in Brian's lunch. He's got soup and PB&Js with the crust cut off. Yeah. Um, and then the last is, uh, what is our Allison has? Um, oh, God. Hers is gross. It's so gross. It's like ham, Captain Crunch. Well, so she throws the ham out. Oh yeah, she it was originally it. like it was originally like a ham sandwich. She throws the ham out, and instead she just pours packs of sugar <laughs> onto onto the bread, and then puts Captain Crunch on it. So it's a Captain Crunch and sugar sandwich. <laughs> That's so. That is so gross. That is so. And nasty. keep in mind, she still hasn't said anything at this point, and she won't say anything for another probably like twenty minutes after this, at least. So it's like <laughs> something like that. Yeah, and it's so funny that everyone just. Like, yeah, everyone just looks at her. I don't know if it's that moment or when she's biting her nails, too. But there's a, there's a couple of moments where everyone just looks at her and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, so I love that. I love Bender in the ceiling when he's uh, crawling in the ceiling and he's telling the joke. Or he starts to tell the joke and then he falls through. I wonder what the punchline to that joke would have <laughs> I always wonder that. Two foot salami underneath his arm, whatever <laughs> yeah. he says. Naked blonde walks into it, yeah. Um, the weed scene, it's funny. classic, and then the confession <clears throat> circle. I mean, that's yes. and that's my winner. That's just everyone. Um, everyone gains acceptance of themselves and others in that scene, and and it's actually a fun fact that apparently that was ad libbed. A, a good portion the of whole that scene. I, I don't know about the whole wow. scene, but at least a good portion of it, which. I mean, Emilio Estevez takes the cake for me in that scene. He's fantastic in his monologue there. Yeah. But if that's ad lib, that's that's incredible. It really is. Um, so that's my favorite scene too. I I, I wrote down circle talk uh, in my notes. <laughs> um, but a few others I had. I really like the beginning when um, when Andrew helps Vernon keep <laughs> the door open. Yeah, it's it's just like a really short moment of of. Like, you know, Andrew Vernon's making Andrew put like that magazine shelf in between the door and then like Andrew like falls like in it <laughs> and then Bender's like that is a fire hazard and then Vernon's like, What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and then and then like everyone else is kinda laughing. So like kinda like what you said with the whistling, that's like a, a brief moment where like everyone is kind of bonding over something. Mm-hmm. Um and then Vernon's such a dick. Andy gets back to his seat and he's like, I expected more from a force. <laughs> yeah, fucking asshole. Like, you told me to do this, you cock. Yeah. Um, so that scene's pretty funny. Uh, I like when, 
when Bender and Vernon kind of go at each other for the first time, when Vernon's like, you just bought yourself another Saturday. <laughs> and that's that's when we see the the, the double fingers for the first time. Yeah, the it's hook them. Like, two, two, two months, I gotcha. Two months, yeah. I gotcha. Um, so that's good. I also had lunch, and then I think it's in the lunch scene. I love when Bender does uh, like the impressions of Brian and his dad and then the impression of him and his dad. Really good stuff there. Um, the scene in the hallways when they're racing Vernon back to the library and then Bender takes one for the team and goes on his own and he's playing basketball, which by the way, he dunks and he makes a dunk look really easy. I don't know how tall he was, but, uh, makes that dunk really easy. So I just noticed that should be able to get that Um, scholarship scholarship. (laughs) Um, uh, Bender and Vernon in the closet. That's a really intense moment. And I like that scene a lot. Uh, cause it, that's kind of the first time we like we see Bender with his mask off. You know, he's putting on this facade the whole movie, but then when Vernon like threatens to kick the shit out of him, mm-hmm. he's terrified. And I think that's a really good moment. Uh, and then also getting high, circle talk, and then I really like the dance montage towards the end. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I like that. And there's some good camera shots too there. Uh, I, Spoiling a little bit, but good camera shots too. Like with everyone's feet, it shows. I like that a mm-hmm. lot. And fun fact about that moment, um, Molly Ringwald actually said that in the script, Claire was the only person who was supposed to dance in that scene, but Molly Ringwald was too nervous to do it alone on set. So then John Hughes requested everyone else dance to make her feel more comfortable. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That is good. There's there's some great moves in that one. So I love yeah, it. I like that. So we agree though. Circle talk slash... The confession circle, or what did you yeah, say? Con- yeah, yeah, yeah. The confession circle. That that's the scene of the movie, and I think, I, if we asked a hundred people what their favorite scene of this movie was, probably like at least ninety of them would say that. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, all right. Well, we could ask ninety people or a hundred people this next question, and I bet we <laughs> we're not going to have a lot of similarities. So, uh, you got to take one scene and make it into a musical. Yes. So, uh, I took brian writing the letter to vernon okay so it's basically he sings the contents of the letter nice uh but i didn't write that word i didn't write like his letter word for word i kind of mixed it up a little bit um so it's just a brian solo so it's just like brian solo then maybe like everyone else can be dancing in the background doing something i'll never complain Um, about some some good brian time so here we go he's great yeah so he's like um He's writing the letter to Vernon, and then it says, You see us how you want to see us. It doesn't matter what we think. A brain, an athlete, a basket case. You already think that we stink. A princess, a criminal. You have these misconceptions of us. And even if we told you about our true selves, we'd never end up being enough. So Vernon... Just go ahead. Write us off as you wish. Because what we think of you, you're nothing but a scrub. Sincerely yours, the Breakfast Club. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, take all of the best of Brett musicals, put them in a one, and that's what you got right there. I love it. My musicals are the same every time, and I have no 
no qualms about it whatsoever. I was starting to feel it though. I don't know if you heard me tapping though, but you, you got in a groove <laughs> there, and I, I was starting to really feel it. I liked it. <laughs> yes. So, and he, I got to finish finish with the sincerely yours, the Breakfast Club, as Brian does in his letter. That's a really good like. I, so, I think that would be like the final scene in the movie. I mean, it's the final scene in the movie, but like it's got a really be. good yeah, final it's, it's scene. Either, yeah. yeah. It's got to be either the final scene in the musical or like the second to last scene in the musical. I don't know. Okay. But so, one of them. so I took one that was just before that. So I took the the confession circle scene that we were just talking about. Nice. And what I have is I kind of have them sitting in a circle and they're kind of going around talking about why they're there. Um, mm-hmm. So it starts out with Andy and he says, my father says I can't be weak. Show your strength or your future is bleak. Well, Dad, that's not who I am. Claire jumps in. My friends, my friends, I do what they say. I can't stray away. Not even a nice little gesture. It's just too much pressure. Pressure? <laughs> pressure. <laughs> Brian, Brian jumps in. Pressure? You want to talk about pressure? I can't get an F. I can't get an F. If I do, then everything is ruined. How can I be a physics champ if I can't even turn on a fucking lamp? <laughs> Bender. And then he goes to Bender. You guys should really meet my old man. A man with no plan just wants me to live in fear. Hey, wait, Allison. Why are you here? No reason. I had nothing better to do. And then the curtains just close. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Good chemistry between everyone. I can imagine envision the actual musical, just the back and forths. Yeah, yeah, just sitting in the circle, just like real plain setting. Just yeah, I love it. <laughs> I liked the the, the pressure part. That <laughs> yeah, was I funny. knew it. Um, so moving on to best quote, Adam. Uh, there's a good amount here, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I won't spoil anything. So do you want to go back and forth? Yeah, I'll take Kick I'll take off. the first one here. Okay. Well, Mister, you figure out a way to study. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his mom yeah, yeah. in real life um we're gonna have like a lot of yeah. brian here so i can't answer that right now sir that that'd be a no for me you know because <laughs> sit down johnson <laughs> he's asking if he what if they want to come back or something for another, yeah or if they want to say that'd be a no yeah. that'd be a no for me it's great um in physics club we uh we, we talk about uh physics <laughs> uh properties of, of physics <laughs> it's the shits huh wait what is that that's also brian it's the scene I, oh, i'm trying to remember which it's in the beginning he says it to bender i forgot what happened but brian just looks at bender and he goes it's the shits huh? <laughs> that's awesome um another brian well you know the school comes equipped with fire exits at either end of the library <laughs> See, it's like those moments that he just breaks up the tension. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, Bender, you don't even count. I mean, you disappear forever if if you wouldn't. Uh, I mean, if you disappeared forever, it wouldn't make a difference. You might as well not even exist at this school. That's rough. It's a big one. Yeah. Eat my shorts. I love that one. You wear tights? <laughs> <laughs> don't wear tights. I wear the required uniform. Tights. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Um, there's people that were born to be fat, 
And then there's fat people that were once thin, but became fat. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get this out of here, for God's sakes. Such a dick. Such a dick. Two hits. Me hitting you, you hitting the floor. That's a good one. I actually like that one. Moyer. I love his work. (laughs) I love his work. Oh, my God. I am the eyes and ears of this institution, my friends. Love it, Carl. Um, You want to see something funny? You go visit John Bender in five years. You'll see how goddamn funny he is. (laughs) That's good. The double point, yeah. Yeah. Um, did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Miss, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Got 50 bucks? <laughs> what? 50 bucks. <laughs> I love Carl. <laughs> we, we, me too. Carl's a great character. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty famous one. When I was a little kid, I didn't really know what that meant because I didn't really know who Barry Manilow was when I was like 13, but it's really That's great. Um, are your parents aware of this? <laughs> That's Brian yeah. Allison when she's talking about her shrink. Um, I don't know if you said this exact one, but it's, I want to know how tough you are. That's a great one. I want to know just how tough you are right now. <laughs> Um, I'm not an infomaniac. I'm a compulsive liar. <laughs> That's good. I love that one. This one's a longer one. You you talked about it earlier. We were doing our Nick Cage impersonations, but um, oh. don't you ever talk about my friends. You don't know any of my friends. You don't look at any of my friends, and you certainly wouldn't condescend to speak to any of my friends. So you just stick to the things you know. Shopping, nail polish, your father's BMW, and your poor, rich, drunk mother in the Caribbean. I love that. That's great. When Bender gets really intense, those moments, I, those moments are awesome. Those are some of the best moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to finish that one, just bury your head in the sand and wait for your fucking prom. I love that, that one. Is, yeah, I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Jesus, can't do this one. Chicks cannot hold their smoke. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, I think your dad and my dad should get together and go bowling. What do you need a fake ID for? So I can vote? So I can vote. Um, this is my last one. It's unavoidable. It just happens. When you grow up, your heart dies. Nice. Ouch. Um, and my last one is I just stole the the closing lines from the movie just because I thought they were so damn good. But dear Mr. Verdant, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. It's just really That's powerful. Great. Great narration by by Anthony Michael Hall there yeah, too. Yeah, it really is. well done. So I don't. I, I tried to think of a winner for my quote. I really couldn't think of of one that like stands out for me. I didn't either. Could you? No. Yeah, I, yeah. So no winner. Just a bunch of really good quotes. 
hundred percent. Um, all right, well let's, let's move on to the camera then. So let's do it. Um, you mentioned it earlier. You got a couple good shots. So why don't you take it away? Yeah. So I, I have quite a few here and, and this isn't a movie you would necessarily like just off the top of your head, think of for its good camera work, but there was some, some good shots here. So my first one is right away in the, immediately in that first scene when they're all being dropped off. Uh, it's a shot of Bender walking towards the school across the street and he almost gets hit by like Allison's car. And it's just as Andy's dad drives away. So it's like the camera's on Andy's dad's car. He drives away and then Bender is like immediately in the picture. And then he's like almost gets hit by Mm -hmm. Allison's car. I don't know. It's a cool action shot in the moment. Um, I like the close-ups on Bender's and Vernon's faces as they, as they kind of go at each other in the beginning when he's about, uh, when he's, keeps thrown on the Saturdays yeah. and Bender's like, you really think I give a shit and just goes right up into it. I like that. Um, Vernon walking out of the library with toilet paper in his ass. <laughs> that's, that's a funny unexpected one. I like that a lot. Uh, this one really good too. During the confession circle, when Andy has his, has his terrific monologue, the camera just like, it's a, it's just like a tracking shot and it just goes like around the circle uh, and there's even a moment where it like goes behind a pillar and you can even tell that it's like right behind Bender's head because yeah. it's the camera's like right behind his hair and it starts in one end and it goes to the other really slowly with the camera still on Andy. I think that's a fantastic shot. Um, but my, my, my final one and my winner here, and I, I think it's, in, it's very clear cut. Uh, it's the tunnel fist pump, the last shot of the movie. I mean, it's what a, what a moment. Yeah. Like it, the fist pump, and I actually read that um, this Bender's fist pump on the on the field uh, wasn't in the script. Judd Nelson came up with it on the spot, and it made the final cut. And it's like the most iconic shot, oh, one of the most iconic it, shots of any movie. Like it really it, has to it, be. It's, it's yeah. insane. Um, it's awesome. It's such a it, it's such an awesome ending, and I think because it, you know, it's really hard to pin any of these characters like as the as the protagonist. Because you see through all their perspectives at some point during the movie, but I don't know. That shot almost makes me feel like Bender might be the protagonist. He definitely goes through the the biggest one eighty, the, the the biggest transformation. I think. Um, I think you know so, everyone yeah. has their own realization, but he, he he completely turns his life around. At least it appears. So, yeah, I'm with you. Um, so that's my winner. I got a couple others. Um, you mentioned it earlier, but everyone's staring at Allison with their mouths open. Yeah, <laughs> which is just great. Like you can just see the from pretty much her perspective, you just see everyone just staring. Um, this one's pretty unique. So uh, Vernon is talking, but the camera's on Bender, and he mouths the words "I'm cracking skulls." Oh, I love that! It's yeah. really clever. Um, it's fun. So <laughs> it's also funny because you know Bender's been there a few times. So right, um, that's good. And then the last one and. You alluded to a similar scene, actually, but uh, or a similar type of shot, but th- you hear everyone kind of talking, going over a game plan when they're kind of running away from, from Vernon and trying to get back to the library. And you hear them talking, but the camera's looking directly down at their feet. And, yes. And they're just, like, discussing the game plan. And you can just... You know their voices so well. You know who's talking, but it's just... Uh, it's a lot of fun to just not view them at all. I like that. I like that shot a lot too. Um, I like in movies when there's camera where there's like action shots of, of just people's feet. 
you could tell a lot by someone by like the shoes that they wear, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I like that one a lot, but the tunnel was your winner too. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. It's just like, it's iconic. Yeah. And it like, I don't know. I don't know how much sense it really makes the fist pump. I mean, it's, you know, it kind of, you can imply that it's like Bender, you know, he's like, he, you know, he's, he's reached his like realization that he's going to, you know, be better in life or something. I, I don't know. The, the fist pump, you can infer a lot of things about it, but it's just like such a, that's a chill moment. Yeah. It, it's been and mocked it's, too yeah. in, uh, in family guy. I think they've done. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. They have. <laughs> yeah. And also it's like, he's just walking on the football field, like through the tunnel. I don't know. Like, where is he going? <laughs> the, <laughs> where is he going? Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised again, if we asked a hundred people, if you know, a, a chunk of them, maybe 10 people have actually like done that. I don't, I don't know. I'm not talking yeah. about actually walking on the football field, but like, I'm sure you and I have just like, you know, done the fist pump <laughs> in the air. Like, especially cause we love fist pumps yeah, love too. It. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So the tunnel fist pump, love it. Um, so Adam, the, the breakfast club is kind of gassy. Moving on to movie farts here. Yeah. Uh, tell me, tell me, tell me where you found some farts. Cause I definitely have a few. I've got five farts, um, yeah. all of varying degrees here. But uh, the first one I just found funny that Andy and Bender are wearing like the same shirt, like this like white waffle shirt under. <laughs> like they were both wearing like the same shirt. Are they? Yeah, it's like really similar. It's not really a fart. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> oh. Um, the the next one, Bender's weed. I don't know how that doesn't smell in his locker. I know there's paper bags. But that shit reeks. Like, I, I don't know how nobody really smells that working at the school. I don't know. Do they, did they, do you think they had sniffing dogs back then? I don't even know if you need sniffing dogs, though. I feel like you walk past that and you're like, yeah, that's weed. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of weed, Andy smokes weed, but apparently he just acts like he did six lines of blow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's not really the reaction you see from people when they're smoking weed. Why? I mean, he comes out of just a hot boxed room. Makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, so that that one's really gassy. Um, next one here, I know you know you can adjust for inflation all you want and go back to the 1980s, but Carl only asking for 50 bucks. <laughs> when he catches Vernon literally going through private files. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What does Vernon say actually while he's going? He's like, so that's why he's so fucking crazy or something like that. <laughs> something like <laughs> yeah. that, yeah. Um, but dude, you can ask for so much more than fifty bucks. He could have he could have asked for like fifty thousand. It's insane. Because because yeah, Vernon's career is on the line there. Like yeah, I uh, I don't know. And then lastly, um, Vernon just doesn't show up for the last like five hours in in detention. Oh, yeah, he's just doing his own thing. He, he just, like, he, he doesn't give a shit anymore, and it's like, okay, well, he, he, he's gone. Yeah, the last time we see him is when when he walks out with toilet paper in his ass. I think that's the last time, like, you see him in the library. I think you're right. I think so, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, he's, like, gone for a while. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't like, show What up, are you doing, yeah. dude? Your sole job is to make sure these kids don't fuck around and, like, you're not paying any attention. Right, so... So those are all your farts? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a winner again. Um, yeah, just lots... Just gassy. Just gas. All around. Yeah. 
So I have four completely different ones too. So nine total farts between us with this movie. Wow. That is like stanky, man. That's like some stanky shit. Yeah. Um, so one, my first one is, you know, some of these kids, their actions are worse than others, but like only detention for some of these, like Andy assaulted another kid. Only, only detention for that. Like that is at least like a week suspension and like maybe even like goes to the board for expulsion. He beat the shit out of a kid in the locker room and duct taped his ass cheeks together. Like that is, that's assault. Yeah, that is. Well, all he gets is Saturday detention for that. I mean, I, I can't speak to how things were in the eighties. Um, you know, maybe things, you know, I, I, the, the culture then was a little bit different now, I think, in terms of like the punishment. But I agree. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah, but that's I feel like even in the 80s, that's absurd. <laughs> that is a bit absurd. That Yeah. So only Saturday detention for that. And um, I guess everyone else. I mean, Brian, you know, even though it was a flare, the kid had a gun in his locker. <laughs> like that's that's more than Saturday detention, too. That's probably expulsion as well. So, yeah. 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 This is also I, so, preschool shootings. Um, that is true that is true but but yeah um yeah so pretty messed up um so oh yeah also uh bender had uh destroy school property multiple times while they're there uh with the ceiling and then with the screw in the door um technically he should get expelled for that i think man you run a tight Um, shit man i do not want to go to your school (laughs) no one better fuck uh, around You know what? I'm sorry. If I'm the principal, you cannot tape anyone ass, anyone's ass cheeks together. You will not get away <laughs> with that with a Saturday detention. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my next one is, so when Claire does Allison's makeup at the end and gives her like a, a makeover, she just has like an entire new outfit with her, <laughs> like in her bag. Like not only did she do, like I get that like she has like the makeup on her. That's, you know, extremely common and easy to just fit in your purse. But like, she gives her like a new shirt, a new headband. Like, does she give her like new pants or a new skirt? I don't, I don't remember. But like, she just had this new wardrobe with her. That's a good point. And, and we know, know, we know, Allison dumped. I mean, they dumped out. Her, she dumped out her bag. There was no other yeah. outfit in there, so it had to come from None. Claire, I guess. But that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, that must have been a lot. Um, finally, though, this this is where it gets gassy with me. I, I, I have some I have some major issues with the hookups at the end in the final <laughs> scene. Um, it really, honestly, like they make zero sense none, to me. None. Absolutely zero. I honestly think the movie would have been better if if none of them hooked up. In well, the l- end. let me ask you this: between because there's really two there's two main like there's there's Bender and Claire, and then there's yeah. Andy and Allison. And that's the worst one. Okay, that's the worst. I was, one. Yeah. I was, I wanted to get your confirmation on that because that one makes, absolutely, I mean, that makes like absolutely negative no sense. sense. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely no sense. None of them make any sense. And then I also feel bad that Brian is just like left hanging. And Hughes could have maybe done a better job, but like you know, if we were to pick one of the guys not to get any, of course it's the nerdy one, like whatever. <laughs> but they just make no sense at all. First of all, they're making out in front of their parents, like in the parking lot. Like Claire and Bender are making out and then she gets they're literally on the hood of her car. Yeah. And she just like gets in the car and her dad drives away. And the same thing with Allison and Andy. Like they each <laughs> just get in their parents' cars 
right in front of their parents in the school parking lot after a Saturday detention. It's so fucking weird. It's so weird. And then like right after, it's so weird. The reactions are hilarious too. Bender like does the little like hair flip and then put the, yeah, puts his puts earring, the earring in. in. And then uh, it's so bizarre. Andy's dad like turns to look at like who he was making out with. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. But also like, you know, you can kind of see. You know, you can kind of justify Bender and Claire like eventually kissing. Like when they kiss in the closet, it's it's I don't mind that moment because like they kind of have this, you know, this this sexual tension like building up throughout the movie a little bit. And even though they're like so mean to each other, especially him to her, like, you know that he likes her. Yeah. Um, So that one is okay, But like Andy and Allison, it, it sounds shitty, but like. Until Allison gets the makeover with literally three and a half minutes left in the movie, Andy does not show like any sort of attraction to her in like physically in any sort of way. Like they have that good conversation about like, you know, their home life and stuff for a brief minute, which is good. That builds the chemistry between them. But it's like, I I don't know. I I don't know. It's forced. I don't. And but but then like. To see that it'd be one thing if it ends and he like you know asks her for her number or something, be like okay, like I see where that's going. But they just start making out. Yeah, no, they <laughs> like, just take what? it right away. It's like they had like no chemistry until the final four minutes of the movie. And then all of a sudden they're making out in the hallway or in the parking lot. I just like the hookups. I just have big problems <laughs> with. I think the movie is a lot better if a lot stronger, especially towards the end, if they just like each go their separate ways and like say bye to each other, like shake hands, give hugs, something like that. Just like, it's, it, yeah. it rubs me the wrong I, way. I agree. I think the only thing I would add is if one guy's going to get some ass, it's got to be Brian. I mean, it's got to be Brian. <laughs> yeah, especially like we talk about him being a virgin too. Like, yeah, it's, well, he's got his Canadian girlfriend, nothing. I guess, but yeah, she, uh, I love when. Niagara by Falls, the way, I love yeah. when Brian. Yeah, I love when Brian like motions to Claire to to, that's, that's to make it seem like he. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, so you and she Claire? Lives in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know as a virgin. Okay. Sorry. Excuse for me, a virgin. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like I. Yeah. No, I'm pissed. Brian doesn't get any, and it's like th- those those hookups are so garbage. My <laughs> biggest biggest flaw of the movie for me, honestly. It's it's a very valid point. Um, spot on, really. Let's yeah. um let's digest it for a bit. Let's yes. let's bitch about it a little bit more over the break, and then come back for segment two. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More, the newest dancing video game for the whole family to enjoy. Stuck inside during the pandemic and are unsure on how to approach those few hours between dinner and bedtime? Don't look now, but keep it flowing till you can't flow no more has you covered. The game combines the quick footwork of Dance Dance Revolution with the interface of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, where all you do is hold the controller and dance the night away. And here's the catch. There's no guided dance routine for you. You have to be your own choreographer and make up the steps as you go. Go online at keep it flowing till you can't flow no more.org and use the promo code NOBUTTER. That's N O B U T T E R for your free trial with Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More. So, what are you waiting for? Get your behind off the couch and dance the night away with Keep It Flowing Till You Can't Flow No More. I sure will. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking The Breakfast Club, an absolute classic. And 
Along with that, there's probably a classic asshole in this movie too. So Brett, who's your biggest asshole? Uh, so I'm going a little non-traditional route here. Um, so Vernon is obviously the the obvious candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's just a dick. But I'm going with all of the parents of these kids are the true assholes in the Breakfast Club. They're the re. I mean, like for some reason, you know, none of these kids have good parents. But it sounds like that they the, their parents have just screwed all of them up big time and neglect them. Um, his parents suck. Yeah. They're, they are bad parents. So, uh, Vernon can be a dick all he wants, but at the end of the day, he's just their principal. Uh, a lot of these kids are, are messed up because their parents are, are not great parents. So I'm going, I'm going the parents. Yeah. It's kind of a cop out, but I, I like, uh, I like them. I thought I was being creative yeah, here. Creative, but you know. Fine. If I had to be specific, yeah. I'd say Andy's dad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That kind of... Especially because we, especially because we see him. We do too. see him, and he does appear to be a dick. Um, yeah. Immediately he goes, "I fooled around. Guys fool around all the time. There's no problem with fooling around." <laughs> Whatever he says. Um, okay. I, I'm taking the bait, though. I'm going Vernon. I, I think all right, there it is. We, we've talked about. You know, we did our asshole bracket. Um, <clears throat> watch out for Vernon. And and uh, and number two, watch watch out for Vernon. He he's so when we like analyze our assholes, um, we typically think of like at least I do like why they're an asshole. Yeah. Um, and you know you could say like oh Bender's a dick, but you know you you kind of start to understand why he is that way, and um, you know also being a kid certainly is uh you know an element that you can't throw out the door when evaluating these guys. Um, but Vernon's a grown ass man. He's an asshole. Yeah. He takes joy from being an asshole. And, you know, I like when Carl puts him in his place. Cause Carl's like, the kids haven't changed Vernon. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, he's just, he's ruthless. He's a dick. That's, that's actually, I, I really love that scene, and I'm upset I didn't say that when we talked about my favorite scene, when Vernon and Carl are just sipping on beers. Yeah. I think it's like an old talking. Milwaukee or something like that. Yeah, it's like an old style or they're something. Old style, yeah, 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 but um, old Milwaukee. <laughs> it's Will Ferrell's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here in Terre Haute, just sipping on an old Milwaukee. <laughs> It just doesn't um, get any better than this. Yeah. That that scene is really good though. And honestly, like it kind of it kind of you know, sympathizes with with Vern and the villain a little bit cuz he's like you know, he when he talks about how the kids have changed and then Carl is like, "Come on, the kids haven't changed." And then Vernon's just like, you know, the thought of these kids taking care of me when I'm old is fucking terrifying. I don't know. I, I really like that moment, and it kind of humanizes him for a for a minute. Yeah, and he's um, like, Carl's like, you think they're gonna take care of you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah, right. That was really funny. You'd be so lucky, or whatever uh-huh. he says. Um, but yeah, I mean, good call. Vernon's a dick. Uh, I, ju- I just chose to go a little, little non traditional with the parents. I respect it. So I guess. Yeah. Um, Adam, moving on. This next category. Man, I feel like I just suck major ass at this next category. It was pretty hard. Um, 
So early titles that were thrown out for the breakfast before the movie was The Breakfast Club were Library Revolution and The Lunch Bunch. Uh, both really bad. Those are bad. Uh, <laughs> those are bad. But uh, so give this movie a new title. Uh, I think you'll do better. So I have two, and I had pretty low confidence up until about seven seconds ago when you read those terrible titles. So now I feel a little <laughs> bit better. But the first one is How You See Us. Not bad. Yeah, I, I like that. It's okay, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I actually like that one better than the next one. The next one I have is just called Self-Fulfilling Prophecy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a little too fancy for, for this it movie. It is. I like. think that that's what it was. I couldn't put my finger on why I didn't like it, but that's yeah. what it is. Uh, I, I like I like that first one, though, How You See Us. Yeah. That's a good it's one. Not bad. Okay. Uh, what do you got? So, mine are awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my first one's kind of a cop out because there was technically a, a a show name a show called this, but I had growing pains. Eh. Yeah, I mean it's that okay. would be good. You cheated, but it's good. I cheated. <laughs> and then my second one, my second one is uh, detention lessons. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. Would we be doing a? Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking detention lessons. <laughs> I mean, detention lessons is a classic. I mean, <laughs> or uh, what's better, <laughs> detention lessons or library revolution? Because I think detention lessons. Uh, no, I, they're they're equally pretty <laughs> shitty. <laughs> the lunch bunch is really fucking bad. Too. Bad too. No, the detention lessons is is bad. Uh, I'm so bad at this category. I feel like I have not. Have not done well here. It's yet. hard. It's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. But I like how you see us. That one. That one's good. Yeah. Okay. We're talking detention <laughs> lessons, 1985. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> That's good. All right. Uh, pull myself together. All right. This one's fun. So, Brett, um, which actor or actress? You can pick anyone. Would you like to see replace one of the current stars um, or one of the stars in this film? Uh, so I have, and uh, no surprise to you, I have one of my favorite movie stars in the world today, Emma Stone, replacing Ali Sheedy as Allison. Nice. Uh, you know, Emma Stone's a very versatile performer. Uh, I think she would be great as just like the total weirdo who doesn't talk for the first 30 minutes. And, you know, Ali Sheedy does a really good job with her physical acting for those first 30 minutes. She's like hiding in the corner, Mm -hmm. keeps her jacket on. She's rubbing her hair. She's biting her nails. I think Emma Stone could just kick ass at that and just be a total weirdo in the beginning. But then as the movie goes on, she opens up more and more. And and then by the end, she's smoking hot because Emma Stone is beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I like that. I, you, you talked about her versatility. She could also be Claire. She could. She could. Uh, it's not just the red hair, um, but that's. It's. Uh, I think it would work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I. I think I like that better than mine. Um, nice. Mine. I, I'm also replacing Alex Sheedy as Allison. Oh, um, nice. But I'm going with Jennifer Grey, who who plays Jeannie yeah. and Ferris Bueller. Paula. People call me Paula. <laughs> no, it's uh. Or Shauna. 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 <laughs> yeah. Shauna. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. So, but yeah, I, I mean, same concept. She kind of like a dark character. Um, but she, Jeannie's a bit 
more angsty in, in how she's portrayed yeah. in, in that film, but there's there's an element of angst for sure in, in any oh, of these totally. characters. So um, yeah. it was kind of like an easy transition for me. Right. Oh, I like that. And she's just like, in Ferris Bueller, she's just pissed off at everybody. Uh-huh. And so that's kind of, that, that could translate too. I like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so Adam, uh, this, this next one, I, I had a, I had a fun time putting this person in here. I have a good answer for this, but I want to see yours. Would the breakfast club also known as detention <laughs> lessons, uh, be better or worse with Lawrence Fishburne in it? Worse. I, uh, um, <laughs> why, why did you choose Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> You can't find a spot for Larry Fish. I, I can't. I can't find a spot for Larry Fish. I. I. I honestly didn't think that hard. Um, <laughs> but I. I mean. I, just you go ahead. What do you? What do you? Use imagination what, 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 what do you have? I, uh, okay, Lawrence. I love Lawrence Fishburne. He's awesome. So I said better because I. Cr- I, I. I had to use my brain on this one. Um, yeah, you Imagine, used the brain power that you didn't use from the new title category, so I'm it, happy. <laughs> yes, I used it all on this one. Um, <laughs> Imagine there's like the scene when they're when they're trying to beat Vernon back to the library, and for some reason Bender just like it's when Bender's like running down the hall by himself or something, and he sees Vernon and he like jumps into a classroom to like hide for a second, right? And in the classroom is a teacher just sitting there like re- like grading papers and it's Lawrence Fishburne. And then he, they know each other cause it's like Bender's one of his students or something. And Bender's really caught off guard. He's like, Oh, and he's like, and he's like, what are you doing on a Saturday? He's like, I'm always here on a Saturday grading papers. And then it like cuts back to the group doing something in the library. And then one of them's like, where did John go? And then the next scene is Bender talking to this teacher and they're just like chilling, hanging out, like talking about, Bender's issues in his life and why he's like kind of angsty and it's only like a five minute scene maybe but that's it that that Lawrence Fishburne is like a he's just like this wise teacher who Bender can kind of connect with okay yeah I I like where you took that one I think you kind of saved it um and then Bender takes the red pill at the end is that what happens (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, in all yes, seriousness, I thought does. that was, I thought that was solid. Actually, I, I, hats off to you for for saving that one. For some reason, I pictured Lawrence Fishburne in that role. Like I just he's in the movie, like in you know in in the Matrix, he's got that he's like that mentor figure mm-hmm. in Boys in the Hood. He's, he plays Cuba Gooding Jr.'s dad, and he's like also that mentor figure. Like he's good as like that wise kind of guiding light for for people you know you know so what he's I, awesome I in though hmm. 21 oh god wait he's in 21 yeah he's uh he he runs like the casino security or something and he's like how's mickey doing <laughs> he's like being the shit out of these guys it's great oh my god um, man you know you know i don't like that movie, i know so. i know that's, that's like, funny uh, uh, all right, so agree to disagree with Mr. Lawrence Fishburne. It's okay. Yeah, I like what you did though. So let's let's hop into some trivia. Yes. Um, I'm I'm kind of nervous actually, but um, I don't think my questions are too are too deep. I don't we'll see. Either. All right, I'll I'll start with my first, and then I'll I'll kick it over to you. But how many words does the essay need to be? 
no less than a thousand words. Nice. Nailed it. Um, what are the three clubs that Brian is in? Um, well, he's in the physics club. He's in the physics club. That's one. The math club. That's number two. He's in one more. The math club. The physics club. Um, the, I, is it just like the English club? Close. Literature or something like that? Or Close. You were closer with English. Um, oh, it's a, is it another language? It might be. Spanish? I don't know. No. Latin? Yes. Okay, Latin club. Okay. I'll give it to you. There you go. Uh, you had to help me on that one. I appreciate it. You got it. This next one you've already spoiled, but it's funny. Who is the author of the book that Bender was destroying? <laughs> Moyer. I love his word. What is he called? Mole. <laughs> Mole. <laughs> That's nice. good. Um, let's see. What do I want to give this to you? Oh, okay. How old is Brian on his fake ID? Oh, he's so old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's like, like forty eight or something like that. Sixty eight. Sixty eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So it's like about sixty eight. Um, that that might be worse than the McLovin fake. <laughs> that might actually Definitely. be worse. Definitely. Um, why did Bender get a cigarette burn on his arm? Like, what did he do to deserve it? Um. Well, not deserve it, but. Oh, this is what you get in my house for spilling paint in the garage. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, this one's kind of hard, but uh, I have two questions about Carl. Jesus. Um, okay. What was Carl's distinct honor when he was a student at Shermer High? He was like man of the, like man of the year. Yes! Wow, nice. Yeah, I did my research. <laughs> yeah, that's in the the opening montage. I think it's the only time they show that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, nice one. Nice. Uh, my, I got one more here. All right. How much money does Vernon make a year? I make thirty one thousand dollars a year, and I have a home. <laughs> I'm not afraid of. Or I'm not about to blow it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, what did Carl want to be when he was a kid? Uh, or who did Carl want to be when he was a kid? Did you always want to be a janitor? Um, so it's who, cause he says a person. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's like facetious, right? It's like kind of, uh, uh, yeah. I always wanted to be Fuck. Ah. who john lennon oh damn it yeah oh, he's like come on carl <laughs> <laughs> come on carl damn okay um, i'm all out so whatever you got and the only other question i had was and we've kind of covered it but uh name why all of the people are in detention nice so Brian had the flare gun in his locker. Yep. Um, Andy uh, taped, uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. 
That's there's the, yeah, they just, you just made another one. I know. I was what's, trying what's to think of this. Is it uh, Larry? Larry Lester. Larry Lester. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, Larry yeah. Lester's buns together. Um, Bender pulled the fire alarm. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Allison did nothing. <laughs> Correct. Um, the, I love that one. That's amazing. And Claire. Oh, hold hold the phone. They say it in the. Someone says it in the opening scene. Um, oh my God, what did Claire do? Um, her dad says it in the car when he drops her off. Yes, first thing in the morning. Um. Oh no. Um. Oh, what is it? Ditching class to go shopping. Ah. Uh... Yes, that hurt. That hurt. stings. Ouch! Damn, that's a good one. That's all my questions. Well, that was fun. I mean, I think we we learned a lot about detention lessons in the last. See, but like <laughs> one more one more thing per my point before, ditching class to go shopping or pulling the fire alarm. Sure, Saturday detention, assaulting another kid yeah. and duct taping his ass cheeks together, suspension. At least, mm-hmm. per my and, point. And flare gun, but and also, um, I mean, I guess the big movie fart is Allison just being there. That's yeah. How did Bender like Bender should have had a list of like who was going to be there that day? You mean Vernon? Like, yeah. Or fuck Vernon. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, he should have had a list of like who was supposed to be there, and clearly, Allison was not on that list. So that's a fart with her just being there, yeah. <laughs> right? That's funny. Or yeah. there's there's unlimited farts really in this film. Yes. Uh, all right. I need to get a sip of water, Adam. Let's take one more break before we dive into the final segment of the show. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, where we are breaking down the Breakfast Club. Adam, what is your plot? What if for this magical movie? What if Carl didn't bribe Vernon, and instead he just notifies school authorities? Oh fuck! <laughs> Vernon's Vernon's done. His career, but is his he? Career I mean, is it's, over. it's my word against his. Um, like uh, I guess that's the question. Like, are they gonna, are they going to listen <sighs> to a janitor versus you know? Uh, he's a that's swell true. guy. He's well respected. So, yeah. So you're using the 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 bender treatment uh-huh. against Carl. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a great question. I mean, I feel like because Carl <clears throat> Carl's an employee of the school. You know, he's not some some kid who's constantly getting in trouble and who people wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Carl would have a better case than Bender for sure would. Um, yeah. He's an alumni, too. He's he's an alumni. Yeah. I just, like, don't... I don't know why the school board would have much reason to not believe Carl. Whereas with Bender, they're like, they know this kid lies and gets into trouble. Um so I'm doing. I'm saying it. Bender or Vernon gets fucked, and he loses his job. Um, I don't think that that warrants getting arrested. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just probably losing his job. So, well, by this, but, um, the, the way this this film goes is just Vernon's just gonna have a Saturday detention or something for for doing what he did. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna. So the movie ends with Vernon sitting with Bender next Saturday in the library. <laughs> That'd be detention. funny. That'd be really funny. And then Carl's taking attendance. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Okay. What, what did you think for that? I, I 
I, I was I couldn't really decide, but I think you sold me on it. I think uh, okay. Carl's Carl's respected enough to carry some weight, so yes, so that works. I I have um, what if Vernon catches Brian with Bender's dope in his pants? Ooh, yeah, I think he would just say it's he knows it's Bender's right away. Like I don't even think he would question it. He'd just be like, "You got Bender's dope." <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're carrying. What are you <laughs> doing with Bender's dope in your pants? Ha! Huh? You're better than yeah. that. You're better than that. And you, you wanna, Bender. You want to screw this up? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, that's the last time. <laughs> yeah. And you, Bender. One more slip up. <laughs> One more slip up and you're gone. You hear me? You're gone. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's what happens. Probably. Yeah, like, easy. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Um Okay, so let's let's move on here. We're going to get pretty creative. If you could redo The Breakfast Club in a different genre, what genre would you choose and describe the plot? So I, I actually had a lot of fun with this one. So uh, fantasy genre. And uh, so all the kids are in detention because of something bad they did with a superpower that they each have. Uh, I didn't specify necessarily what their superpowers were. We can have some fun with that. Uh, but they're all angsty teens who use their powers to, to raise hell around school, to pull pranks with people at school or to, to, to destroy school property, something. Uh, so, And then through their experience with each other on that Saturday detention, they leave ready to control their powers and use them for good and to help people instead of just being idiots. Nice. It's got a little X-Men first class vibes yeah. to it. I like it. it. Yeah, it's it's like if Marvel made the Breakfast Club. Who's the one that can blow shit up with their mind? <laughs> that um, uh, That's definitely Allison. Oh, that's a good one. That's yeah. definitely Allison. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, would, I would probably imagine, like, if we're trying to, to, you know, give them superpowers based off of, like, how their characters seem to be, like, Allison would definitely have, like, the, the telekinesis. Mm-hmm. And like blowing shit up with her mind. Like Andy would have like super strength. Um, Claire would have. I don't know. This is actually really hard to Yeah, about. I don't know about Claire. I, I should have thought about this I before. I think Brian would have like, uh, he could see the future or something like that. Oh, that's good. Like he's psychic. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a great one. Yeah. So then we got Bender and, and Claire. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just make but, it out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the power of attraction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- that's it. But, yeah, basically the same movie, but they all have superpowers and they get in trouble with their superpowers. Nice. So. Yeah, I like it. Um, mine's completely different. Um, right on. Mine is a, a crime or mystery, really. It's really more of a mystery. Um, so there's a bunch of low-life high school troublemakers that were in Saturday detention looking for trouble. Nobody knows why the other why the others are in there, but each student is kind of questioning the next one. And all of a sudden you hear screaming. Carl the janitor has been killed. <laughs> oh fuck. E- yeah. Each of the students has left, you know, the library from time to time to go to the bathroom, get milk, you know, just random things. So who killed Carl? It wasn't Vernon. He was there the whole time had to be one of the students so who was it oh fuck so it's like clue it's exactly that's yeah it's clue yeah i like it i mean who do you think did it 
think Vernon killed himself. <laughs> you mean Carl? Or fuck, <laughs> I keep fucking up these names. I think Carl. I think Carl killed himself. Either Carl killed himself or Vernon killed him. I don't think any of the kids killed him. Yeah, I, I was thinking Brian, just for a real good twist. I don't know how. See, he I feel would like do it'd it, be. But... I feel like it'd be a better twist if none of them killed him, because you're That's expecting I... the whole time to find out that one of them did. Yeah, the the suicide take is a good one. Um, yeah, but Carl just just you know didn't want to. But why did like he scream? Life. Why did he scream? Maybe it wasn't Carl who screamed. Maybe it was oh, okay. whoever found his body who screamed, and they all just thought it was Carl. Okay. Okay. There's some holes, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not meaning to to change your no, 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 no. Uh, I like it. Storyline here. <laughs> it's a good discussion. Anyway, those were good. Moving on. Mount Rushmore, Adam. Uh, this one is is pretty easy. Uh, one of the easier Mount Rushmores we've had. Uh, does the Breakfast Club make the Mount Rushmore for anyone involved with the film? Spoiler alert, everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we'll just go rapid fire. Like, I'll yeah, start with the I've, first one. Ellie Sheedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Uh, she was also in St. Elmo's Fire. And same with, you know, her and Judd Nelson, also in St. Elmo's Fire the next year. Um same same thing. Didn't really do much else. I know Ali Sheedy was in War Games with Matthew Broderick, but this is you know one of those things. You think of their face, do you instantly think of them in this movie? Yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So who else you got? Paul Gleason. Yes. Um, yeah, he was good in Die Hard too. Yeah, he's in Die Hard. He's in Trading Places. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned not another teen movie. I don't know if you brought that. Oh up, no, I don't. I don't think I did. Not. He's in that movie too. Yeah, I guess, but. Um, I never saw it, but he's in it. But yeah, no, I'm obviously Breakfast Club, 100% for him. Yeah. Uh, um, Molly Ringwald, probably, you know, she had this insane run between 1984 and like the end of 1985, (laughs) where she had 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, and Pretty in Pink, all like massive, massive hits in the 80s. And she was the star of all those. Um, But yeah, I'm putting Breakfast Club right in there. Uh, and then I don't really know what else she had done, like outside of that era in the eighties. I know she was actually, do you know that show Riverdale? On yeah. 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 She plays like one of the main guys, mom in the show, that guy, Archie in the show, she plays his mother. So she has a big role in that. So good to see she's still doing stuff, but yeah. yes, definitely from Molly Ringwald too, as Claire. Yeah. There's, there was no one hotter in those 18 months, 18 to 24 months no. than Molly Ringwald. Not at um, all. Kind of going off of that, this is the only one where I, I think it's obvious, but you could at least make a have a discussion. Actually, no, not really. Anthony Michael Hall. Um, you know, obviously it's a yes. Um, love him in Vacation. We've talked about this before. Yeah. No, he's got some good movies under his belt. And like, we're, I think you can have a discussion about it. You can have a discussion, but it's always going to lead back to yes for this movie. Like, I think you. I think yeah. so. Yeah. But like, you got this. Weird Science is funny. He's in Sixteen Candles, as you said. Vacation. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, totally different role for him. He plays the douchey boyfriend. Yeah. In Edward Scissorhands, who's mean to Edward. Yeah. So fuck him in that. And then uh, Six Degrees of Separation with Will Smith. That movie is super weird, and I really like it a lot. And he plays kind of this. He plays like a con artist who helps Will Smith become a con artist. Also a really good movie and like a cool role. Um, but again, as you said, it all leads back to Brian and the Breakfast Club. Yeah, I would say I would say Brian and the Breakfast Club, and probably like either like 
Sixteen Candles and Weird Science. Just like ni- 1984, 1985 was like his highlight. Hundred percent. You're not yeah. the the dark. He's in the Dark Knight for a hot sec. He's like a really he's like a on screen reporter or something. He's also oh yeah he is. Yeah, he's also in Foxcatcher, by the way. Um, is he really? Yeah, I forget what his role is. I I remember seeing him. It's not much, but he is in Foxcatcher. Oh wow! Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, and then I guess we're finishing with Emilio Estevez. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. Like maybe I don't know. I feel like more people our age who were born, you know, in the '90s would associate him more with like the Mighty Ducks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, it's it's in his Mount Rushmore, uh, obviously, because it's like Mighty Ducks, Breakfast Club, and then like the Young Gun series where he plays Billy the Kid. It's like three movies, and he was the star of all those. So definitely those. But in terms of like, you know, who, how do you think of Emilio Estevez? People our age, I would bet, associate him more with the Mighty Ducks. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think so. But like you said it earlier in the, in the, uh, in the confession circle, his monologue, I think that's like the single greatest like acting moment of his career. Probably. He's not the best actor. No, he's not. He's really not that good of an actor. Yeah. But like that moment, he's he's spectacular. Yeah, he really is. Um, he's just like really going for it in that scene, and he just nails it. And, I, and he starts crying, and it's like he drags everyone else into that scene with him, and like you really feel for him with as as the audience. Like that scene is blows me away. Millie Westerman's great yeah, job. Really. It's, it's the only. It's but like. Mighty Ducks are fun movies, but like you can't tell me like his acting is 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 good in the Mighty Ducks. Like quack 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 <laughs> yeah. quack quack when he does that scene in the guy's office. Like wow, it's um, yeah, it's Gordon Bombay. The the last one I think we do need to touch on is John Hughes. Um, oh fuck, we didn't even mention John Hughes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, this one I put yes. I I think this is his best work. Um, I think so too. There there's a lot, and and I I'm. You can really call him writer John Hughes or director John Hughes, but you know between Ferris Bueller, Sixteen Candles, Home Alone, Vacation. I mean the the list goes on. We've already we've we've referenced a number of other flicks too. I mean yeah. there's Weird Science, Uncle Buck, Uncle... Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It goes on and on. Yep. So I I I couldn't even put a Mount Rushmore. I, I'm not sure how it looks, but I do know Breakfast Club's on it. It, Breakfast Club is on it, and as you said, it's probably the best. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, I think so. It has all the elements of a John Hughes movie. I mean, it's 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 this and Ferris Bueller, probably. Um, and I think I would give Breakfast Club a slight edge. I, th- I think so. Like, uh, objectively, I think Breakfast Club, you know, as a Chicago native and fan, I, I do have a bit more fun watching Ferris Bueller, but... Oh, yeah. Ferris Bueller is... is, is uh, it's it, Yeah, I mean, it's a more explosive movie. It's funnier. Mm-hmm. It's also more fun. It depicts Chicago in a, in a way cooler fashion. Um, but Breakfast... I mean, we were saying this earlier. Like, Breakfast Club is a deeper movie. Yep. And it's a more, me- it's a more meaningful movie. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's better. 100%. All right, well, that leads us actually to our last question. The one we always end off of, and now that we've completed the recording of Accepted, um, we can now ask this question in a different way and just ask, what is Breakfast Club's legacy? Legacy. Uh, so I have two bullets here. Number one, and I uh, we haven't talked about this since uh, my 
literally opening lines of this episode. Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, literally was made for this movie, and it was the band's only number one hit, <laughs> and it it this song became synonymous with this movie and vice versa. And I really think one of the lasting impacts of the breakfast club is this song. It, it really is. It really is. It's like one of the biggest one hit wonders ever. And it was because of the breakfast club. And it, you, you can't think of that's this song without thinking of this movie. And I don't think you exactly. And I don't think you could think of this movie without thinking of that song. Yeah. It's, it's the song with Bender's fist in the air. Oh God! I mean, it's that's unreal. that's all I yeah. can think of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby, fist pump. Yeah, and then after that, I just had, as I said earlier, you know, maybe the movie of the 1980s, one of the movies, one of the defining movies of the 1980s, one of the greatest high school movies ever, and also just a kick-ass title too. Yeah, uh, there's a reason our titles were not nearly as good. So, yes, um, I'm with you. The only thing, uh, a couple of things that I'll add. One, we've talked about this a couple times already, but John Hughes is, is just in fuego right now. He's on fire. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. it's right after six. There's a sandwich of 16 candles, uh, the Breakfast Club and Ferris, all within, you yeah. know, a couple of years. That's absurd. It, that That is amazing. Like, yeah, 60 candles was 84. This was 85. Ferris was 86. It's like, what the hell, dude? What are you doing? Wow. Like, where did this come from? I mean, spread out <laughs> the love, man. This guy comes out of nowhere yeah. and just three classics back to back to back it's it's just insane um, unreal they weren't necessarily deemed classics when they came out you know i think there was i don't want to call it mixed reviews but not everyone was in love with it it's, it's aged they've all aged incredibly well though um which a couple of moments there's obviously a couple of moments in each of them that don't especially 16 candles but for the most part like the storylines do yes yes um you're right there are a couple questionable pieces um even in breakfast yes. club um, Even in Breakfast Club. The last thing I will say, though, is, is um, you know, we talked about this $1 million budget, um, but it's really like making the most out of very little. So it's it's a small budget, um, but really it's a simple setting. It You know, 98% of the movie takes place in this library. Um, there's really not much to it. It's um, it's just, it's quiet. It's It's simple. Um, and you're, you're really relying on character development and they knock it out of the park. And so I don't know if it necessarily sets a framework for, for other movies, but I I think it's, um, it's interesting going the route of just like less production, more just character development and, and let that drive the film. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that in terms of uh, movies that are just have one location, like one, one setting. Phone booth, the man. The whole film. The whole film. Phone booth. <laughs> phone, phone booth. Phone booth at least has like a couple, you know, like I guess this technically has a couple, but as you said, like 98% of it is in that library. Um, like all the Saw films, mm. how they're just like locked in like a room. I'll bet that could, that could have taken influence from the breakfast club. They just put a crazy ass twist on it. Um, <laughs> I'll bet this did set kind of a, a, a standard for that. Uh, w- would have to look back. I mean, I'm sure it had happened before, but yeah, I can't think know, of many like coming of age dramas that would really fit this mold. I, I could see how a horror or a thriller or something like that could fit in, but yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see too, like what else kind of follows this path. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fuck yeah, Adam, this was fun. 
Yeah, I have nothing else to add. It was just a blast to watch this movie and to revisit it and talk about it. All the feels. I can't wait for our next John Hughes film. Oh, I wonder what it'll be. Let's see. Yeah, we've done Ferris and we've done The Breakfast Club. Maybe Home, Home Alone, Alone could be Question mark. Up soon. We'll see. Stay Maybe. tuned. Yeah. Uncle Buck. Know that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably not Uncle Buck. Probably not. But until then, everybody, thanks for listening. Take care.